0: Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety Podcast. Making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety Podcast. It's Colin here. Uh, this is the second episode with Rory Underwood. I hope you enjoyed uh, enjoyed listening to him uh, last uh Last week, when he he talked about how how businesses grow and uh, and how you can become aware that you that you need some some help and support and introducing some more systems and processes into the business, that kind of stuff. Um, this week, we're going to talk a bit more about the people, I suppose, and, and the people and, and how you how you work with the people to, uh, to to make a difference. So I'm going to say no more than that. I'm going to uh, um, get straight into the uh, the second part of the uh, of the interview, and we'll have a chat at the end you've have um, spoken a lot about about decision making and, and I love that and I think it's it's really important for organizations to to have have people who've got the confidence to make decisions mm. and also to, and also to make mistakes because you know most most businesses that I go in that I go into the you know the the people are being encouraged to 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 change things them adjust dials to speed things up slow things down do whatever it may be but then something goes wrong, and then all of a sudden the blame stick comes out, and, yeah. and they start to start to point the finger at people. How do you how do you deal with that to try and? Because I'm assuming that you're trying to, to stop that that sort of thought process.
1: Well, all that boils down to if you just simply go, "Have you achieved because of a number, not your failure," mm. that creates a culture which is starts to be divisive, mm-hmm. and it's very much about the stick. Mm-hmm. And and just keeping it simply as a carrot and stick is very simplistic. But fundamentally, how do you create an an environment where uh, people are given... For me, it all boils down to trust. Mm -hmm. And it's trust within the organization. Mm -hmm. So to be able to get the right balance, you've got to empower people. And they've got to fully understand what that empowerment entails. Mm -hmm. So the old adage, you know you can do that, but come and check with me first before you do anything mm. is not empowerment. So, you know, a lot of the work with the sort of situation leadership, Hershey Blanchard type um, models that we, we do with a lot of our clients, people think they're delegating, but they're not. Mm. They're still mm-hmm. come and check with me first or checking what they're doing first and stuff. And that's not delegation. And you get a lot of people going, oh, isn't it? Mm. You know, and it's a real opener. You know, delegation properly is there's parameters, go and do it. If you need help, come and speak to me, but otherwise, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you deliver it as and when, mm-hmm. and it's all very clear, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, empowerment, but accountability. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you get empowerment and cal- accountability right, and both sides understand it, that's when you engender trust. Mm-hmm. So it's all very clear, and trying to create the right um, culture and organisation, and that's what we did when we brought CRM into the Royal Air Force. It was very much about creating, for us to be able to have uh, the ability to learn, because um, when you take the standard triangle from one fatality down to multiple um, incidents and unseen incidents, mm-hmm. you know, they think about it, we learn a lot from the top part of that model because, mm-hmm. you know, accident, fatality, incidents, all that stuff, they're all reports and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the very bottom one or two levels of that where it's unseen or unknown, mm-hmm how do you go on with that information? Mm. Because there must be a wealth of information there that we can all learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way you're going to do that, partly, because if, if it's unknown and unseen, nobody knows about it and you can't do anything about it because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, ideally, you want to get a situation where people feel confident to own up to things happening that didn't cause an accident or an incident or a fatality, but something happened and went, oh, cracking don't want to do that again, you know. Well, how much that information is happening around all the different sort of um, occupations in the world mm. where people go, well, I'm not going to say anything because <laughs> if I do, I'm going to get a ton of bricks. So the Air Force right? brought the human, you know, human Factors Open Reporting System in mm-hmm. and they had to really work hard at changing people's complete understanding of it, their attitudes towards it and their behaviour towards it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of getting behaviours right. Such that if somebody wrote in a, you know, the first couple of times, you know, admitting to doing this and whatever, and the, the, the flight commander, station commander saying, well, this is just highlights. This is a ridiculous, stupid idea. They should, they get sent back to the station commander and says, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do this from an open-minded learning point of view. Yep. And look, at, look in between the lines and recognize that the reason why this happened was because he was rushed. They were doing this. They shouldn't have done that this happened and, and nearly happened to this but it's a learning point and pull out the learning points from it such that it just goes to show whatever you do and a lot of the stuff that's came out since CRM since then is we have this thing called the mission bubble mm-hmm. so in the front line it's um as soon as the air crew go into the met brief uh, to the um the sortie brief um so it's normally an hour or so before um takeoff as soon as the air crew go into that brief that's it they're in the mission bubble and it doesn't make any difference whether the missus is screaming about emergency or whatever. Nothing disturbs them. I'll take a written reason, obviously, at yep. peace time. But, you know, oh, this, it's um, uh, it's your insurance company. You want to talk about your car. Mm-hmm. Or it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the um, uh, HQ talking about your leave pass that's coming, hasn't been signed or whatever. N- that nobody will put you through to the crew. Mm-hmm. The crew are now in mission mode. So they don't get distracted by whatever. Mm-hmm so that uh, the pressure builds up when they're trying to think of a pressure of trying to go flying. So go flying, come back. Once they're debriefed, yes, then you go, here's your messages. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the whole thinking, that you don't you know, um, distract people at the right time when they're trying to go into that Concentration period, mm-hmm. uh, and that's sort of some of the things that came out of this because I recognise that you're putting pressure on people at the wrong time, mm-hmm. and that's half the battle.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and applying that again, you, you can apply that into into fairly simple. I mean, that's you know, going out to, on a mission is a, is a fairly high high intense, mm. you know, pressurised situation. But having that same thought process for even some of the more mundane yeah. sort of jobs, it works. does not well, you
1: think on, a, on a building site? You know, you go and have your toolkit brief, and you going This is a specific. T- we've got to go and do that. Mm. Bang! Mm. Just don't disrupt them mm-hmm. until they have a break or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, conducive to that. And then, mm. then go and chat to them. But mm-hmm. when they're on the site up on a scaffolding, saying, "Oh, you must have Just said that uh, the dog's dead or something," yeah,
0: it doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help at all. Yeah. You, when um, when we um when we met last time, you um. You got us doing this thing with with throwing a rugby ball up and you know and catching it and all that kind of stuff. And you were very very much um, um, talking about um, focus and awareness. Mm. Can you can you sort of you're right talking a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, no, it's something that uh, a lot of that comes out of the air force um, specifically. That's the thinking whole context of um, recognizing when you're flying, when to focus on the instrument pattern, but then when do you have that awareness about what's going around you? Mm. So when you're flying at low level at 450 miles an hour, at 250 feet, you don't really want to have your head inside the cockpit mm. for very much, mm. and literally you'd spend less than 5% of your time inside the cockpit, you'd just be checking your heading, checking your speed. Uh, every 15 minutes you'd check the other stuff, especially of these fold checks, fuel, oxygen, en- uh, engine, electrics, and location. Uh, but the rest of the time, you are head out looking for other aircraft, obviously, your height keeping, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, the headings, you're looking for your features, etc., etc., etc. So that's all fine. But of course, when you get busy and whatever, and then suddenly you get into a fight, then you're 100% out looking out and you're nothing inside. Mm. But then that's, of course, when you start losing awareness of your fuel and what's going on. You don't run out of fuel when you're. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're constantly taught the whole time how to constantly go through cycles all the time. The problem is when you get it wrong. And you focus too much on something when you shouldn't be. You should be having an awareness. Mm-hmm. So for things like, um, you know, target fixation type scenarios. So people um, tend to fixate on something in the distance, whatever. Don't see there's a small hill in front of you. Uh, trying to hit a target and fixating on the target. That's where the target fixation comes from. He's trying to, if you're doing a dive onto the target and you really want to concentrate and just focus in on that. And don't realize if you get too low, you can't pull out in time. Mm-hmm. Or in the context of um, firing bullets and dropping bombs, there's a, there's a shrapnel. Uh, hemisphere above it, which you don't want to fly into. Because mm-hmm. obviously, the more you go lower down, the more yep. risk you get of uh, hitting it yourself, itself. basically. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's all that has an impact, and you know, very sadly, one of the things, the um, an gave was of a situation of a guy who was flying low level with um, training exercise in Wales, flying low level. Another aircraft was coming in, was a training exercise. To to they went into an invasion turn together. He was concentrating so much. On looking for the fighter, didn't realize he went into a very slight descent. Mm. And seven, eight seconds later, from him starting to turn and evade, he hit the ground. Mm. Very experienced pilot. I mean, Earth is quite big, mm-hmm. but of course, what people don't realize is when you're very low on the ground, 250 feet, mm. the, the vision, you know, the Earth looks big at 250 feet and at zero feet. Mm. So the difference between the two is not, you can't tell. Can't tell, that's right. You know. right. Yeah. So that's one of the problems. So you've constantly got to keep that awareness looking out because when you're in the seat like this and you're looking over your shoulder, <coughs> you're not quite looking to see where your, your nose is going. So mm-hmm. there's that sort of situation and of course, if you're being aware of time, you spend all your time looking out, you're not being focused on what you should be focusing, so you're not being focused on. So it's just a, it's just a model of thinking around how do you balance that focus and awareness and and, and the real challenge is, as, as I as I allude to, um, is that you can't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can do both very quickly, but you can't at the same time. So after battle is how do you get that muscle? Uh, a friend of mine uses this, this sort of thing, but I think about focusing and having awareness. Mm-hmm. Focusing just so a bit like your muscles in your, in your eye, mm-hmm. in your eyeball. Um, and there's a time to focus, and there's a time to have awareness. Mm-hmm. And knowing which is the right one will help a safety and obviously from a mission performance perspective. Mm-hmm. So. It's just it's just thought provoking for people to think about. It. So, so when you're
0: when you're going into into organisations, you mentioned earlier on about a company that make pumps and filters and things like that. What, what, what how are you how are you applying that that sort of thinking then through to, to an organisation?
1: Well, it doesn't make any difference to that particular company. It's all companies. What they do is they're all focusing on the numbers. They're focusing on the deliverables. They're focusing on the day to day, which needs to be done, but. All the focus is on that, mm. their awareness of what's going around them, mm-hmm. their awareness of how their organisation is operating, their awareness of how the people in the organisation are operating, and the fact that that's not working at full potential mm-hmm. is not being looked upon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. So, when, especially that's why you're saying that between the fifty to fifty million, that sort of area, and people are growing quite rapidly, and they're getting new people joining every day, and they're just focused on sales and delivery, mm-hmm. uh, and making the customer happy Mm -hmm. and not aware of what's going around them, around the business organisation, the environment. And there's a situation there. So what you're trying to do is get them to think about that. And of course, one of the things that people go, oh, I don't want to do that, I don't want to be writing reports. No, but that's the whole thing. You've got an organisation. Use your organisation. And of course, a lot of them will have managers and, and, yeah. so you're a manager now. Yeah, yeah. How long? Five, six years. You're only training? No. I started with Jeff and... Mm -hmm. I've been here the longest, so uh, I've been put in charge of that.
0: And they've had, over, over a weekend, they've had this uh, this immaculate transformation from somebody that was doing this job, and they're now, they're now doing something that's got a bit and more... And, more, and more they want to pick up skills,
1: and some yeah. are a bit good. I'm not saying that they're all bad, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's always helpful. The number of times we do the courses, and, you know, all we're trying to do is give you some help and knowledge and tools and things to help you do your job, mm-hmm. um, and make you into... Um, uh, you know, we can't, just by coming on our course... Or one of our courses it doesn't make you a good manager,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it gives you all the tools and ability, and understanding. If you take it and work with it to make yourself a better manager, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just it's, it's one of those things. You know, I read the book on NLP. I'm now an NLP practitioner. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got the knowledge, mm-hmm. but have you got the skill to deliver it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then then it goes to the culture, the culture, of the behaviour that you do with it. How do you do it? How do, mm-hmm. you know? That's the old thing. The best salesperson doesn't always make the best sales manager, mm. and every time you make that comment, which is a cliched comment, but everybody goes, Yeah, 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 that's
0: right. Everybody agrees, mm-hmm. happens in a health service, isn't it? You know, the it um, make a difference in all organizations, isn't
1: no? it? It's the biggest jump to go from your first situation where you're just you know doing whatever as a nun, having no supervisory capacity whatsoever mm-hmm. to then going to your first supervisory or management position. Going from just doing stuff to then managing people as well, mm-hmm. is one of the biggest steps you do in business. Mm-hmm. Dealing with people is a hard thing to do. Mm. No, definitely. Definitely.
0: So if you were if you were um, you know, gonna give gonna give a, a business some some key bits of advice then, what, what what would be the sort of two or three things that you'd tell them to, to really, really focus
1: on, you know, to make a difference? Um, I think about well, it goes back to this. Focused awareness, think about the bigger picture. So you've been successful, it's great. Well, you're not being successful, that's why we're coming in. Um, what are you focusing on and what are you realizing that you're not aware of going on around you? Mm-hmm. So how do you know how effective your organization is at doing the business that you want it to do? Mm-hmm. And a lot of businesses don't know that. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to have a bit of a sense of, reviewing and dissecting your business to understand what is it supposed to be doing? Have I got the people with the right skill set and knowing how to work with each other to deliver that? And have they got the right information, understanding and alignment and standards to be able to deliver on that? Mm. That's, that's all we're trying to do is just break it down to simply because <coughs> as we've talked about earlier on, people sort of, well, yeah, I've told them what to do. Mm. That seems to be the answer to all management angles, you know? Mm. That's your job. That's your number. Deliver. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with whom? Mm-hmm. How they do it? Who is priority? You know? And of course, all those just create silos in the organisation and frustrations. Mm-hmm. The number of times we in organisations where, you know, one department who works with other departments either side, frustrated with the other side, well, go and talk to them. Mm-hmm. No. They lie. They cheat. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what, they don't understand the problems we're having. It's mm. a great example. I, I can't remember I told you that t- talk we did. Um, one business I went to, I'll try and do the story very quickly. I was facilitating this whole exercise with them. So I had all the different groups, I had about 20 or 27 people in the room. So I had five groups from the different parts, ops, sales, whatever. And I was chatting about what they can do to help each other. So the first question was about what, what can the other groups do to help you, your department work more effectively? And I can't remember is it, it was operations and engineering. I think one of them said, can you send us that form uh, in Excel spreadsheet? Because you send it to us in Lotus Notes, we have to convert it to Excel spreadsheet for us to do our work. <laughs> Just flip flop around and says, "Okay, now you've heard everybody asking for this. You know, okay, what are you going to do for everybody else to make their lives easier?" And operation uh, engineering said, "Yeah, we converted it from Lotus uh, Excel spreadsheet into Lotus Notes to send it to you, but nobody's told us." Right. And they work in the same business. And they work in the, the same, same business. Yeah. So they already had it. Nobody's spoken to each other about why do you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just when it seems that it's always been that way, mm-hmm. and nobody's thought to question it.
0: So so what you're doing is you're you're basically getting into the into the system into the process and challenging challenging what people are doing and 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 getting them to to uh... so
1: certainly challenging them but trying to get to think about how can you do it better. Mm. You know, and I quite understand for a lot of businesses why they're they're ending up that way because you're. You know you tend to get into that whole momentum of running of, of doing the business mm-hmm. and running the business as you see fit mm-hmm. without being able to stand back and looking and go oh, christ you know mm-hmm. there's a beast here how do yeah. we how do we keep control of this beast and mm-hmm.
0: um, you know it's you know we uh, you know we're just uh, we're just putting a, 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 a crm system into our business at the moment and uh, you Know and it's because we have had we've got so many Excel spreadsheets and Word documents yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. that that are all saying the same thing that uh that you know that just have uh, become a real and problem was, to 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 and it is after. And
1: are there the really easy things you go look we've got these 15 flipping spreadsheets where we're all different people using it let's put them together well try and think of that from a people perspective
0: yeah
1: around how we work with each other mm. and that's in essence the same thing you've got 15 different ways of different mm-hmm. people working and operate on different departments mm-hmm. how do they work together to achieve Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Do you know? Do you know what that department does? No, no not really. Mm. I, I sort of. I go to an organisation. They're not a big one. hundred people. Yeah. And I'm not sure what marketing do. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. You know. So Kelsapri's. They're not working as effective as they could do.
0: So what do you? Do? Are you? Are you then sort of facilitating workshops then, where you're getting these people to to talk, or, or are you are you just giving the ideas to the company for them to then?
1: Well, run it's the... just like anything in that sort of There's like there's you know from uh, option A to option Z. So it just okay. depends. Predominantly what we try and do is it's just it's um three phases. The first one is discovery. You yep. just got to go in and find out mm-hmm. where, where, where the business is at. Um, so we do the main parts of that is to do a piece with them to find out where they think they're at and then we go into the business and find out where we think they're right. at. Yep. So we talk about their perception of the business and the reality of the business. Mm-hmm. So when you compare the two it just gives a lot of understanding of the real, you know, people think, oh, we do um, performance management. Yeah, we got uh, job descriptions. Well, yeah, that department keep it on their laptop. That department has paper copy. That, they don't have it. They just had it when they got the job. And I think it's on their, their own personal, when they got the job in the uh, job spec. Mm. That's where they last saw the job description. One company, the record I've had is they've not seen their job description for 30 years. Mm. Their role hasn't changed much, but still. Yeah. 30 years, so, something has changed. Yeah. Anyway, um, so all, all those sort of things. So that's where the evaluation comes in. So we give it a chance to look at it. And we try and do it across, you know, so if there's, if there's a company's big enough, we'll do it at different levels and across. So we get a bit of a vertical and horizontal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then there's a piece around um, give back a report. Sometimes we recognize that there's, there's a lot of training from management leadership development. So sometimes business has to do a lot of training around the management, get that prepared mm-hmm. before the third phase, which is then obviously work streams, solution provision, all that sort of stuff, yeah. which depends on the size of business, budget as you'd expect, uh, number of people, depends on whether that's more of a facilitative type approach where we tend to go in for a day or two, get ourselves sorted out, there you go, see you in a month's time, come back, do it, mm-hmm. or more of a consultancy piece where we'll be in probably two, three days a week or, or whatever is required, mm-hmm. uh, commence to that. And holding the hands of the people in the work streams and helping them deliver what needs to be done and the important bits we feel for that is we've got to create the solutions that work for the company Mm -hmm. so yes we've got bog standard templates but that's just a starting point to work with what works with you Mm -hmm. how do you want to run it do Mm -hmm. you want this bit no that bit well that yes but let's shape it so at least we've got we've always found it's much easier to create something when you've really got it and just tinker with it than mm-hmm. it is to create it from a blank piece of paper yeah mm-hmm. so that's the first thing once we've created what the ideal solutions are then we can identify what training needs there are because the number of times the, the whole reason why a lot of these sort of things where initiatives change or anything fails is that nobody's trained mm-hmm. and it's, it's one company we're dealing with at the moment they've got um you talked about crm they've got three four different type collaborative type Software in, of which three of them are all from the Microsoft 365. So it's a yep. Planner, Teams, and uh, SharePoint. Mm-hmm. But different or different parts of departments are using each of those three for the same thing mm-hmm. and in different ways. Mm-hmm. And actually, if they use the right way, they will talk to each other anyway. Mm-hmm. But they've also got another one which the sales side are using, which nobody else uses but sales. Mm-hmm. And they've got certain programs that they're paying subscriptions for and users for that aren't being used because. People have been trained in it. Mm-hmm. Don't really use it, so they don't use it because mm-hmm. I think it's crap. Mm-hmm. So how much money could they save straight away if they get it all sorted out and they can yeah. save some money on software? Mm-hmm. They've had one software that they've not had um, uh, updated for going as long, such that the latest update won't go into it because it's too far gone to be able mm-hmm. to accept the latest update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's all that sort of stuff that he's sorting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The whole premise is there that once we work out what the solutions are in the whole context of our model that, that we, we, we discuss with them, the seven work streams, once we look at that, then we've got to work out who needs to be trained and what they're going to be trained in before we implement it. Because mm. yep. that's one of the other things that people have in these things. Mm. That, I mean, in simplistic sense, they'll introduce you know, um, the latest uh, Microsoft Office, um, what was it, 2020, say. Mm-hmm. And it, bang, it's there. <coughs> mm-hmm. How many times have you done it when yourself? Where's where's the change change letter case? Well, they used to be up here before now. And it's moved. And, mm-hmm. You know how do you click on? Where's print? I mean, yeah. Print used to be just there. Where has it gone now? It's it gone? Just, That's right. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so the amount of effort, time, and of course people don't you know know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Something else. You know how much? How much, know, I'm digressing here, but Outlook. You use Outlook, don't you? Mm-hmm. How much of Outlook do you actually think you're actually utilising in Outlook that it could do for you? I mean, it's, we're all it's in small, small 15 percent, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because we, you know, so the matter, the calendar and the, mm-hmm. and the emails, but mm. actually, there's a shed load of things, but.
0: We don't know. We don't they've know. Trained, eh? They've been trained in it. Yeah. It's I mean, like, you know, I go into a lot of organizations, especially when we first sort of we first all sort of start working with them and they've got a health and safety management system that's this this dusty old uh, folder that sits on the wall and it's and it's never been introduced into the business. It's mm-hmm. never been explained to people. And in a lot of cases there's actually some good stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's good documents there. There's uh you know, good procedures and all that, but they just they just don't know yeah. how to use them.
1: And of course, and, then what we find is you go Yeah, it's really good, and people use it, but only half the business because half the business have got computers Mm -hmm. because of the way they work, whatever. Half they haven't got computers, or it's it's a it's a it's a a local one in their office, but they're out on the quarry or something, and they only come in and use it, so they haven't got the same access to it. Mm -hmm. Those are the sort of things you've got to think about as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so you're, you're, you're getting, you know, you're getting, you know, in with the senior teams, and, uh, and then, and then slowly you're working your way down through the through the management structure and to the to the people at the sharp end.
1: Yeah, and you see, the, the interesting thing is because we go into that, we're really getting the business to really understand. Um, I use the phrase the core imperative. Do you understand what your core imperative is? Yeah. There's not so much the sales proposition as such, or what well, it's. Does everybody in the business understand what you're doing? And for mm-hmm. me, I use that, um, uh, the NASA one, you know, about the janitor when mm-hmm. president, you know, yeah. what's, what are you doing here? Thinking to say, I'm a janitor. Yeah. I'm putting a man on the mm-hmm. moon. Yeah. He very clearly understood his part. Mm-hmm. To some people, it may seem flint to me. I think it's just such a great romantic, idealistic type stuff. But that's the sort of, mm-hmm. the sort of mm-hmm. embodiment of, of a vision of the ideal scenario you're after. Mm-hmm. That if you go and speak to anybody in your organization, they'll know what. Your business does. Mm. They don't have to be an expert. They have to know exactly what that department does and how they do it and their monies and stuff. But as long as they've got a general understanding of of the bigger picture. So for me, you think about it like I understand we're a clockwork, and I'm this cog, and I sort of got a rough idea of which of the other cogs to do. And of course, my impact on other cogs, I know what that is. And that's mm-hmm. the problem. You get lots of people go, um, I'm doing my much- job. Yeah, know but because of the way you're doing it, it's impacting on them, and then and they're not being able to do it as effective as they could do because of this. Well, fine, but. Mm. I've been told to do a job. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting my numbers. I've been told I'm doing a good job. So why should I change? Uh,
0: so I was in with um I was in a, with a company last week um up in Sheffield and um and we got looking at they they they've basically got a, a yard and they move they move material into the in, into the yard and it gets processed then it comes out and uh, and gets sold and um and we just got talking about a traffic management and. Um, and we got talking about the fact that lorries are waiting outside their gates to come in, mm-hmm. and they can only they can only because uh, there's there's got so much material in their yard at the moment that they can't put three or four lorries in, it's, oh. it's one at a time. Yeah, yeah. But the but the pressure that they were getting off of their sales team, why are lorries wait, taking so much so long to get into the uh, into the site, you know, and they they were continually every single day battling against their own. Their own team members, in a way, because um, you know, because 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 the communication hadn't, hadn't worked out. What well, do you understand?
1: Mm. You salespeople come down to the site mm. and recognise the site mm. and see the the limitations of the site and what it's able to do. Mm. So that you know, it's all fine with you selling off tons and tons of this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But the facility is only able to do this because of eggs. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, what happens is, it's not so much they can go, oh yeah, fine, okay, that's no problem. It's like I understand the challenges you're under mm-hmm. so the fact it's being slow I now understand now why it's slow mm-hmm. so therefore I don't get as angry about it as before and and they and they can
0: actually have an impact on the customer then and then explain to the customer well, it's all
1: about expectations yeah you, you know yeah, exactly. and, get,
0: and get that right yeah. you know because because you know when I when you look at, at why do incidents and why do accidents and stuff like that then you know Pressure is is often a, a oh, factor, you. and you know, and people are making those decisions and are making mistakes because people make mistakes, and um, and it's, and it's because they've been they've been put under It's
1: pressure being put on people who are trying to do right by others. They're, yeah. they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get things done quicker. Mm. So you know, there is so many people. You know, there are unfortunately situations where people are doing for ulterior ulterior motives or trying to circumvent it to be you know, what's it for themselves? But, Mm -hmm. you know, there are lots of examples of people just trying to do things um, to enable other people to get their job done, but because of them circumventing situations happen. Mm. So there's an element of can-do attitude and trying to help. So, you know, um, there's there's an example I give all the time around um, when you work on a big massive site, um, you know, 300, 400 million pound type stuff, you know, any sort of knock-on impact of a day In the the project over a two, three year period has a massive knock on impact. Mm. And this situation where these guys um, had to come in and uh, I think they're electricians, they came on on the weekend because they knew had to finish off something uh, to finish off. Because with a Gantt chart, uh, people understand the way buildings are made. There's all the ceilings, they're all got certain things you've got to put the electrics in, then you put the ducting in, then you put the insulation in, then you can put the a mezzanine ceiling and whatever it is called in and that's sort my of stuff so there's, a, there's a set way of doing things and if one gets blocked off it knocks knock on effect mm-hmm. and um they came the weekend to finish their job but they think finish off the week before because of xyz um circumstances couldn't find the duty <coughs> manager on the weekend went in jumped into the compound to work on something didn't realize electricity had turned on had had the full brief but they were doing things for the right reasons, just mm. didn't go through the right procedures to get it young because you couldn't find people and get it done quickly. Um, trying to take the panel off, got electrocuted. Just they got the two of them got slung across the um, the compound, hitting the fence and mm-hmm. whatever. But they were doing things trying to get it done for the next one.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and it be the, it'd be the easiest thing in the world as well to blame them. You know, to say well, it was their fault, you know, whereas in actual fact, well, it fact? goes on to the bigger thing. Yeah. We, you know,
1: we've talked about this before. Mm. The, the bigger thing about it was the, the, this all came out because that was the, one of the recent incidents at this particular time when I was speaking to these senior managers, mm. and we had I was I asked for well, sort of just having discussion with them, and for about 20, 30 minutes, they're all talking about what happened. I said, "So what happened next?" And they were, "What happened? Who was it? Who did this? How that going? Where was they doing this?" And, and that was all predicated because they were expecting a phone call to come through within half an hour mm-hmm. from their um, senior guy, mm-hmm. because they were being pressured by their senior guy, who was being pressured by, by the chairman of the business, saying, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And the main thrust of the the um, investigation, which sort of finding out what was going on, was whose fault was it? Mm-hmm. Was it our fault mm-hmm. or was it their fault? Mm-hmm so they could put up their dementia straight away. Yeah. So it was, it was their fault, because they shouldn't have gone in there, didn't get the permission, that's oh, fine, okay. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're absolved of blame. Mm. That was the first thing. We spent, I, when I said, what happened next? We, we talked about half an hour or so about all the, 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 the sequence of events, and not one of them, not one of them asked how the two guys were. Mm. Yeah. And and that's, that's for me is one of the interesting challenges you've got you talk about risk before and your, your friend of mine, you know. People, to me, think risk is a black and white scenario. Mm. It isn't. Mm. Mm. That, that's the thing that people get in their heads. Just because you've done a risk assessment doesn't mean it's 100% safe. It's mm. just more likely to be safe than it is not to be safe. Mm-hmm. So there's still a chance mm-hmm. that it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit people don't get their heads around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a scenario where they their, one of their priorities in their business, they get, get their very glossy brochure. I will tell you who it is. Obviously, glossy brochure. Look at it down. One of their priorities, safety, mm. and they make these grand statements. The board in their nice executive office down London. But when you're the lads trying to work hard on a on a site, and you're getting you know save money, don't you know? just get this delivered? We've got to finish this off today, and all sort mm. of stuff. There is a you know that um, safety business. As you come down an organisation, mm-hmm. it, it tends to mm-hmm. the, the balance tends to shift, it and doesn't. and so there, I, I you know I used to refer to a lot around safety leadership mm-hmm. and how your behaviour and the way you behave has an impact all the way down, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not because you, and to be fair, to sort of balance it up, it's not just because they are being unsafe in the way they're acting they're thinking about what's the biggest impact. They're trying to think ahead of what potentially is going to happen, but the way the actor behave on it creates a scenario where people think it's it's all about money and mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. So in find out what happened, and it may have been the chairman said, find out what happened, let me know what happened. Mm-hmm. But of course how that's transmitted down to an organization to find out what happens is who's cocked up mm-hmm. and are we to blame mm-hmm. so that we, you know, don't look bad in front of the, the next one above me. Mm-hmm. And so that behaviour, that Filters down to an organisation is really, really important.
0: Oh, it's it's so it's so important, and you know, and I've spoken about this before, but um, you know, it's, it's about it's about not asking why did it happen, but but how did it happen? You know, because if you ask why, you're almost pointing a finger at somebody. Mm. You know, you know, well, why did you do that? Whereas if you ask how, how did we how did we get to this situation mm. where? where this is. I was chatting to you know I was doing a presentation a couple of weeks ago um, and, uh, and somebody else was doing a talk and they, they talked about going onto a demolition site and somebody chucked to to check whether the um, whether the power was live or dead one of the people on the site chucked a crowbar onto the, the live electric and it, and it blew up and, uh, and in this room, I just asked the room, well, how do people feel about that? And everyone was saying, oh, a bloody idiot, blah, blah, blah. And I sort of said, well, well, well done a minute. You've immediately gone into blame mode. You've immediately blamed that individual. But, you know, you need to take a bit of a step back and actually say, well, how, how did we get to the situation where people were put onto that site where there was live electricity? You know, and, 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 that's, you know, and, 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 and how have we put people on who haven't got the competence to, to make that right call? And not chuck that bar. Mm. You know, and, and you've got to look you've got to look up the you've got to look up the tree, haven't you? You know, a bit further up the tree. So no excellent. How are you how are you doing for times? I know that you've got a busy uh,
1: a busy. Oh, um when you're done I'm out here back after work, as no, well. Right you
0: are. I've got just got one I've just got one real sort of um one just question that the that we could maybe could have covered a bit earlier, but you were you were working in in some really high performance, quite intense, you know, um, times when you were when you were playing playing rugby, you know, and also when you were in the air force. Um, how how have, have you adapted as you've come out of those sort of high high intense environments, you know, in your your in your own your own sort your of your
1: assumption run? is that I'm not in high intense environments now. Well,
0: you know, that's a, that's a, well, we're that's talking point. about yeah.
1: you know running your own business is is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the highs and lows, you've got the pressures. You know, I've said to you earlier on, you know, I've got, got a few people working for me now. Mm-hmm. So you have the pressure of knowing that your mm-hmm. successful business has an impact on you, but on, on the people that you support. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, trying to find something that gives me the buzz, unless I I go into some adventure sport and throw myself off a building and jump off a cliff in Acapulco or whatever. You know, I didn't do it for the buzz per se. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the job I did. So... There's the difference, you know. Right. I didn't. I didn't go and fly the air force because I wanted the adrenaline buzz. Right. I wanted it because I wanted to fly, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the flying and the challenge of um, flying at low level, not being shot down, trying to hit your target, all the challenges that go with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't play rugby because of the buzz of it. I played rugby because I enjoyed the sport and I enjoyed being part of a team. Mm-hmm. And. There's the thrill of scoring at Twickenham and winning games and all that sort of thing is a great add-on. Yep. So you've you said earlier on, you know, you're, I'm enjoying the job I'm doing. I do enjoy the job. I enjoy the people I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I, I love the whole um, uh, work I'm doing with the, you know, I meet new people. I go into businesses, the businesses. They love of their business, love of my business. We join that together. It's fantastic. It mm-hmm. really is. And so what the buzz I get out of it is, um, meeting new people, getting a connection, trying to help them, yeah. and when I see uh, teams, you know, when you do a bit of work with them, and then you go and see them again, and, and there seems to be this increase in dy- dynamics within the group, mm. and then obviously you see them then translate that into the business success. Cracking! That's a great buzz. Mm. Absolutely. So you know, um, it's so important just to, for me to just go and deliver, get paid, go away. Mm. I, I wouldn't. I, I would not enjoy that job no, at all. No. I do to a certain extent, but that's only means to an end. For me, getting to the situation now where I can go into businesses and help them, and be part of it and be like a partnership, that for me is um, is something I enjoy massively.
0: I mean, it, I mean, it's definitely come across today. You know, you've 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 you know, it's been really really great to to
1: interview. How can people get a hold of you? So the usual way, we've got our website, wingmanlimited.com, mm-hmm. and uh, also we've got uh, LinkedIn, and we've got a Wingman LinkedIn page, and also we have um, a, a Twitter account, uh, which I'm sure you'll put on the uh, bottom of the yep. uh, video, because yeah, uh, yes, yeah. I can't remember what they are now, mm-hmm. Laura will tell you. We'll get, uh, so we'll get all that information. Just drop that out and we'll mm-hmm. just take it on there. Um, uh, and obviously, actually, I suspect you just Google my name into um, into Google. It'll come up. So you put Google and uh, Rory Doohan and Wingman. It'll definitely come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, be in touch. Love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories, um, and, and and join you on your journey of trying to get to a better place. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Cheers.
0: So isn't it interesting? Um, you know. Rory goes into into businesses, and and one of his sort of fundamental um, elements of what he's trying to do is is helping the businesses improve and grow, um, and perform to a better better standard and when we when we start to look at, at health and safety obviously we want to achieve the same and the, and, the, and the issues you come up with whether it's whether it's financial or whether it's uh, operational um, uh, environmental quality, health they're all all very similar you know and it, and it really focuses on, on how people make you know people make mistakes but it's about introducing that system, introducing that process, putting in place the things that businesses you know can rely on to ensure that the right decisions are made. And uh, you know, and the right financial performance is achieved, or people don't get uh, go, don't get hurt or don't get injured. There's so many similarities. Getting rid of blame, you know, let's let's just kick blame out of the uh, out of the door. You know, you don't need it. It's it's a, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. You're better off, you know, looking at your business, and if something's gone wrong, just saying, hey, look, we are where we are. And how we're going to learn from it people don't uh, you know people don't make mistakes on purpose in my experience you know people make wrong decisions and stuff happens so just think about that hey thank you so much Rory Underwood it was an absolute pleasure spending some time with you um and you're taking some time out of your busy uh, your busy schedule really appreciate that and if people do want to get uh get in contact with Rory then uh, um, I would really recommend it he um you know, he, he challenges the business and challenges you to make a difference. Take care. Speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.